to welcome back all of our return listeners as well as give a first time welcome to any first time listeners out there. If you are a first time listener of this podcast, this is a father's rights podcast where we talk about father's rights, parental alienation, as well as the effects of family court. In season two and season three of Fathers and Family Court, I've been reaching out to other fathers across um, pretty much the nation and we've been talking and discussing and uh, just comparing and contrasting our situations. And what we've come to learn and find out is that um, a lot of these dads have a lot of similarities as far as how the court is moving. Their stories are all different, but the way the courts move and maneuver are all the same because, well, they're probably, uh, they're probably, they're, they're in their third generation of how they move right now. Only problem is, is that whenever this was created and all the money that has been gained is beautiful, but they didn't know back then uh, that cell phones would be probably taking over everything. They may have, but whatever. Um, so anyways, in season two, season three, we've been talking to dads, and we're going to pick right back up with that today um, before we get started uh, listening to Ben, who will be calling from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I just want to say, if you know a dad out there listening, um, or if you're listening, you know a dad out there hurting uh, from parental alienation who can't see his kids anymore, and the only thing standing in between him and his kids is some person who wants him to go to the law who wasn't there when the kid was conceived to go ask for permission for the kid that he helped create. Or uh, please take the copy, copy this link and send this link on over to them. Uh, take this link, put it, copy it anywhere. That's the support we need uh, as fathers. What we need is to help raise awareness. Um, so that's mostly what's needed. Another form of help would be uh, help with legal advice. And that's why we'll be talking today to uh, Ben, who helps people um, when they're in tight situations as far as their He's coaching them to go into court and represent themselves. And I, I just really can't see anything more uh, valuable right now as far as knowledge goes when you're a father and you need to see your kid other than uh, knowing what to do when you have to represent yourself or knowing the law. So um, it's good to, get, good to get someone on here who can uh, talk about um, knowing the law and representing yourself in court so i'm excited uh let's, let's hear some of his story i'm excited let's get into it all right so on today's episode of fathers and family court we have the opportunity and pleasure of speaking with ben ben is calling from san antonio texas i'm excited to hear what he has to say um ben actually helps people out uh pro, who are who are representing themselves in court and that's really exciting to me because i actually do have a good friend named sean who is down in san antonio um, and he's fighting for his kids, and he needs a little help. So I'm excited to have 
been on this show because I know this is a podcast I can directly send to someone that I know that can really help them. Uh, ben is 45 years old and he came to helping people because his he had a situation of his own in family court. I'm excited to hear his story. I don't know any of his story or how he got into it, so this will be new to all of us. Uh, ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. That's really good to hear. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I may mention that you're 45. I'm really excited. I'm 31. I get the opportunity to learn from somebody. I believe just even a couple years is 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 more, and it's experience. We need to start uh, just appreciating the experiences that folks that are a little couple years older than us have had. Um, so. Um, yeah, you have three children, um, an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old, a uh, daughter and a son with, uh, with one ex, and then you made mention of uh, your, your 11-year-old son with your other ex. Uh, man, I'm really excited to hear your story and what, what, what brought you yeah. to, to this walk. Yeah, so, you want to get yeah, um, yeah, I married my high school sweetheart, and uh, when we broke up, um, we just defaulted to 50-50 and no child support. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize at the time how lucky I was. And so I kind of figured I, you know, got another chance at life and remarried. And uh, eight years later, then that one was falling apart, which I guess we could have a whole show about my choice in women and marriage and other things. But, mm-hmm. um, but when that started coming apart, it was very calm. And I said, well, we have a son, and this time he was whatever, five or six. And I said, well, obviously we just need to do the same 50-50 thing. And at first I got, um, yeah, I'm good with that. So I said, cool, and this will be, you know, simple. Well, that didn't go that way. So I'll fast forward across four years of litigation. I ended up self-representing uh, a little over 90 hearings. I typed up 200-something motions, um, 90-something orders. Um, I ex had six different lawyers and spent a little over a quarter million dollars on it. Um, I actually got the judge removed, ultimately. Um, I took a therapist down on felony perjury charges. It was a disaster, but it consumed four years of my life, and I learned so much about family law that I never wanted to know. I have not seen that son. He's 11. I have not seen him since October of last year. Uh, I have been essentially erased. It is virtually impossible for me to gain access to him, and that's all the story. But when I got out of family law and that case died down, the first thing I said was I don't ever want to talk about family law again because I'm going to have PTSD for the rest of my days from going through that. But I live in a smallish town just north of San Antonio where I grew up, and so I know a lot of people here, and people would come around and say, hey, man, um, I know you know a lot about this stuff. I'm going through this deal with my ex, what should I do? And I would say, well, you should probably file a, you know, a motion for XYZ and make sure you cite this case law and make sure you, there's an affidavit hooked to it and et cetera, et cetera. And I'd give them just simple tips or suggestions. And when they come back to me and they go, hey man, that really, really helped me. I appreciate that advice. And I found a, a huge emotional charge from that for me. Um, having gone through all of that, that I was able to use some of that knowledge to help other people stay out of the situation I found myself in. Mm-hmm. So last summer, I started Pro Se Coach. Uh, and I work with guys all over the state of Texas. I'm exclusive to Texas, but they basically contract with me, and we get on big, long phone calls like this, and we say, what is your case and what is happening? 
and we review their paperwork and we develop a strategy. I share the motions and the paperwork that they need. I, 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 I'm not a lawyer, so I can't fill them out. I can't fill out the motions. I can't create them. But I can guide you. I can provide feedback and get these things done, and then I can show you how to e-file them and show you how to you know, get, get your hearing set and then prepare for your hearing. And so I've been doing that with, I think I've got a couple dozen people right now I'm working with, and I've loved every minute of it. It has been so much fun for me. I was worried when I started that I would get too emotionally hooked into things and I would get upset, but I really haven't experienced that. It's been, I've had several big wins of, you know, people settling and, and finding peace in their life, and man, I think I'm happier than they are when it happens. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. Um, but I actually, one of the things I've learned is family law is even more broken than I thought it was. Because my judge was a complete corrupt monster. In my, we only had one in my little town. So I naively said, it's just him. He's just a horrible, horrible, horrible judge. Um, but unfortunately, I found out it's everyone. They're all. I mean, it's overwhelmingly the, the lack of constitutional rights that are, that are stripped from people and the due process that does not happen is everywhere and it's rampant. And it's even worse in some cases than what I went through. I mean, I got horror stories going on for days of what I watched these poor people go through when we're sitting there reading the statute and the law and the judge just says, I don't really care what that says. That's not what we're going to do. And, you know, I got one guy I haven't seen his kid in eight months because his daughter drew a scary picture and mom said that uh, she thinks that's a picture of dad. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's unreal what people go through. And so, anyway, that's why I'm short of it. Uh, you know, my other two kids, my older two, we get along great. Mom lives at the end of the street. We've never bothered each other. We have dinner once a quarter. The kids kind of come and go now that they're older since we, she literally lives at the end of my street. Um, and, you know, but the other one is kind of a ghost to me now. And I struggle mightily with it. And, uh, yeah, badly. Um, that, that's that's a that's that's grieving a, a living child, and it's horrible and it's excruciating. Um, just yesterday, I was begging if I could come over and see him on Father's Day and bring a pizza, and I won't even take him anywhere. I'll just sit in the yard and throw a football with him. Let me come see my son. No. So you know, it's a gut punch. So I, I I I think that's what drives a lot of my motivation with helping helping guys get through this stuff. Please do not please do not end up like me. So Ben, listen. And, yeah. This is what I want to say, man. Uh, you know, you you said football, and I just couldn't I couldn't stay quiet any longer. Now listen, um, I'm, I don't I never met you, you know, but I know that we're comrades, and this is why I created this platform, and so I start having guests on because it's like, listen, we can we cannot know anything about each other yet have so much in common because we have this one thing in common that we're going through. Now, um, what I, what I really really wanted to ask you uh, is. Did you have a father at home growing up? Yes, yeah, so I had a had a very normal, typical uh, upbringing. Um, so yeah, my dad was very much involved, and 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 you know, I mean, I'm gonna see him tomorrow as well. And so, you know, my other two kids, the older two, I mean, you know, we're very, very, very close, and you know, their mother couldn't be more different than me, but you know, but we still have made that relationship work to where you know. I'm, I'm the boring rule follower dad, and mom, you know, my ex is kind of a rebel. So, you know, the kids kind of behave accordingly. Um, but yeah, the, the loss of my 11-year-old David has, 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 I mean, well, let me say this. When I was going through the court system and dealing with this, I was literally having like two hearings a month. That's how you can rack up 90-something hearings. 
Mm-hmm. But the only thing that got me to actually stop is that I realized that I was truly getting suicidal. That I, I own a small business here in my town, and that was falling apart. My health was deteriorating. I put on 40 pounds. I wasn't sleeping. Mentally, I was just cracked. And I told, I told my therapist, I said, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I know why people do it. Right. And, and I, I knew, and then well, actually what, what stopped all that, I lost my brother to cancer in 2013, and my mother called me, and she said, I watched your brother die, and I'm kind of tired of watching you die, so you're going you're gonna to figure out how to stop now. And so I did, and it basically left my ex in complete control of my son, and I can see him only when she says I can, which has not happened yet, so... Uh, and yeah, man, you talk about comrade everybody thinks their thing is the worst thing ever. Their case. Nobody's got it as bad as me. Nobody's got a crazy judge like mine. Nobody's got this awful lawyer against me that's lying and cheating and all of it. And, they, you know, you yeah, wouldn't believe yeah. it then. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, let me say, I not only believe it, I expect it. Yeah, it's but, everywhere. Yeah, like, but, but the thing is, is that, like, we're all going through the same... Like when I talk to a dad whose whose longest time he hasn't seen his kid was two months, I don't I don't I don't think of his two months as any worse of like like or than a person who hasn't seen his kid for years. I think it's any any time that you spend not with the seed that you the any any one of those days, man, is is like a week. And only a dad who's been through it knows it. So one day is like, can sometimes a day can feel like a month without your kid. So if you went uh, two months without seeing them, that was like a lot of time in, in yeah. how, how it played out. You know, because each, each one of these days you're thinking about what they're eating, what they're doing, what they're, you can't, you're like in two places at one time. It's, it's, it's crazy. But only a dad who's yeah. been through it knows it. Yeah, you know. You know when you get, like, my deal involves a lot of alienation, you know, to, to spend this much time away from, from my son, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of similar in that realm, too, so we got family law, just, you know, the legal side and the alienation side is a totally different monster, but even I, I mean, I go on Facebook all the time and make posts of, like, this is just what I'm feeling today, and it's so comforting to have 150 people go, dude, I feel you, I've been there. Same boat, same mm-hmm. situation, because you at least just kind of go like, okay, well, it's not just me, because it's a bad dream, you know, going through this, and, you know, you can kind of see now where my motivation comes from to help JV with his case not go bankrupt and get access to his kids. I go home and raise a toast to me, because that's the only thing that... I mean, I can forget my own struggles for that minute. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a very intense thing, and, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, honestly, ever. Yeah, no, man, and, and when I, when the, the days, I, you know, I went 500 days in family court with, an, with a, I walked into a family court, and for 500 days, I basically didn't get a judgment or ruling or nothing. 500 days, bro. So, like, there were times in there, and the whole time I was getting every other weekend to see him, but, like, there was still no judgment. Like, it what happened you know what I mean like if I was here for something criminally I'd get a speedy trial donezo like what's taking so long here so I was just upset but like turns out it was some other things I should have just been representing myself but like to make a long story short like bro 
I when I would help people, I would feel so much better. Like, all right, fuck it. I can't see my kids today, so I'm gonna reach out to someone else who's feeling how I'm feeling and let them know, hey, bro, you're not alone, not at all. Like, I feel how you feel, and damn it, if we hurting today at the same time, then we should at least talk about it, capture it, and fuck, we got it on wax, and we can find someone else who's hurting and doesn't. They're hurting so bad they can't even speak. So fuck it. Let's yeah, I get that. I get that sometimes. So, you know, I get guys that you know we'll go six months of dealing with this crap, and then they'll go, "Well, Ben, I, I just can't deal with this anymore. I'm just gonna walk away." And you know, then I end up climbing through the phone at them because it's like, uh, uh-uh, you're not gonna end up like me. I did four years of this. You've done like five minutes. Right. So suck it up. Let's figure out the plan. Go take the weekend off. Go chase girls or whatever you want to do. But you're going to get back there on Monday or you keep swinging to this and we keep yeah. pushing and keep pushing. And, but, you know, that's the beauty of Pro Se is that, you know, you, you, you get into this game and it is absolutely a game. The very first thing I tell every single client is you, the first thing you have to understand in Pro Se is that there is no law anywhere in family law. Not one. I know there's a big, thick book of rules of civil procedure, and I know that there are statutes. I guarantee you that every single one of those things gets bypassed every single day based on what that judge wants to do today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, being pro se, though, you, you have all the tools at your disposal. You hire a lawyer, you have X amount of money. He knows how much money you got when you walk in the door. Yeah. And he's going to push your case until that money hits zero and he's going to drop you like a bad habit. He's also not going to file things that you think he should file because he's going to say, I don't want to piss off the judge. I got 12 other cases in front of this judge. You're pro se, I don't give a damn what this judge thinks. I'm going to push every damn button I got to try to make something work. My cost is $12 in printering. You know, my ex is going to spend $4,000 every time he starts putting that courtroom. So a lot of times, one of our strategies is really just that. We're going to utilize our resources, and your ex is going to go broke. And then when exes go broke, they pick up the phone and go, you know what, man, I'm so sick of dealing with you. What do you want? And then you say, you know, I want my kids. It's obvious. It's obvious what I want here, shitbag. Half of the property that I helped you create. That's it. I'm not here to mess with you. I'm not trying to talk to you. Nothing. I just would like my property because I helped create it. That's all. I just want to be treated like a human and be respected like a human. The fact There's so many biases in family law. I mean, you know, and I'm not going to speak disparaging of women. But oh, yeah, no. Generally. Well, because I have female clients. I mean, you know, the family law can jack women up, too. Now, granted, at a much lower ratio. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 the, 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 the motivations of money, you know, everybody's got what they've got in their pocket. But, you know, there's a tipping point where they don't want to spend anymore. And then when they don't want to spend anymore, all of a sudden things start getting settled. Mm-hmm. And people start getting real reasonable real fast. And so, you know, when you've got a lawyer, you're going to get broke way fast. But yeah. if you don't... You're not spending nothing, and you can make good progress. But, mm-hmm. you know, pro se scares everybody. You know, all of our legal experiences are tied to movies and TV, and everything seems real formal and scary and terrifying, and I get it, because that's how I felt the first time I went in, too. On the 43rd time, you figure out it's extremely conversational. You do have to prepare, but, it's it, you know, you're going to get just as far with the by yourself or with a lawyer if you'll do your homework. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because, I mean, I got guys who go in there and they don't, you know, they don't 
do the preparation that we need, and they go in there and they get steamrolled, and it's frustrating. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, then I got guys that really, really will spend the hours and hours and hours and hours preparing for these things, and they do really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and they just saved four thousand dollars, and they did it themselves, and they said what they wanted to say, and you know, and because they know facts um, that you know your lawyer's not going to know. But um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, from the support side of helping one another through things. Um, and leveraging the tools that, that, that are available to you um, without fear is, is, the, is the big struggle. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a big thing, man. A lot of folks are intimidated by the state, man. I, I, I mention it all the time on this podcast. I heard the first negative remarks about our family court system when I was in fifth grade. So yeah. if, the, if, if, if it started in fifth grade, like I didn't hear it from my, no, no one in my, I heard it from a kid on the playground. So it's like, all right. So it's like, if if it started in fifth grade, like fifth grade, if it started, like, because I remember just thinking about what he said for maybe just minutes, you know, like just thinking about it. Maybe the rest of recess or something. But I remember, like, why? Why would they? That doesn't. I don't. It just. It went over my head at the time. Well, you know what I mean? You know, I, I, well, I, I'm dumb enough to have married twice. Mm-hmm. I. I could be talked into it a third time. I know I'm a hell of a lot wiser, but, you know, with my 15-year-old in particular, every spring break, I made him come with me to the local court, and we watched court. Mm. And he's he's watched temporary restraining orders and modifications and child support, and, you know, his eyes get as big around as their plate. And I tell him, I'm like, Aaron, this is the scariest room in the world, and 60% of marriages end up here. Make sure you make good choices. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in the state of Texas, women get cu- primary custody 92% of the time. Ooh. And if you're going to tell me there's no bias, you're crazy. So, And I have two sons, so it's like, look, you got to look at facts, buddy. You know, you hook into this girl, there is a 92% chance she's going to take your kids and all of your money. And, you know, they're going to leave you a shell of a human being. So it's a totally different perspective, and yes, it's not anything that any of us get taught as youngsters. We get taught, you know, in church about marriage and God and mm. family, mm. but nobody sits kids down and says, well, I'm showing you how this game works. If it don't yeah. work out, which it doesn't work out, you know, 60% of the time. And see, you, you just uh, said the magic word there, man, like God. And I truly do believe that, like, each and every single one of us have the opportunity to either A, Hear the enemy tell us it's time to quit, it's time to shut it down, it's time to pack them in, it's time to sit it down, it's time to take our cleats off, it's time to shut them off. Or, remember what the, remember what the word says, we are the head, we're not the tail. Hey, the battle's already won, so all I really have to do is continue to fight and continue to believe. But I understand everybody's faith, everyone's faith is different and whatnot, but... Whatever it may be, because you know, what I know, people feel it even if you don't believe. You gotta feel it, because it's yeah. The- I mean, that's a that's a very 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 heavy discussion I've had with a couple of guys because just like me, there is a point. Well, and we'll go on for too long, but there is a point where I talk to these guys and say, "Look, your life is worth something, also." And what I mean by that is like you deserve to have some sort of functioning existence and happiness. You are in a situation, you're in a toilet bowl, and you cannot get out. And you know, and then you you hook into the rare ex like mine where it's like, she is never, ever going to stop. 
So, what do you want to do here? Yeah. And I've only had to get there a couple of times because most people do get reasonable at some point and start settling issues, but there are the occasional one where, you know, it's like, you know, you talk about God, I mean, this is the one life I get, and I'm not going to spend 18 years of it fighting. You know, and, and my child deserves to be free of the fighting, even if it means I don't get to see him, yeah. which is my situation. Yeah. If I fight my ex, he's immediately dragged off to half dozen therapists, um, you know, court appointed this and that, and they just put a screwdriver in his brain and start digging around. And I said, I'm going to save you from it. So, you know, I'll see you when I see you. But I got to get you out of this to save you and save me and save my other two kids who deserve a functioning father. Yeah. And I am not functioning right now. And my parents deserve a son. And I deserve a life, man. So yeah, no, you that's do. a heavy, heavy conversation. And, and it is, bro, because at the end of the day, bro, this is your son. And when you're, you know, we've had dads on here. You talked about thoughts of suicide. 21 dads a week uh, take their life through the child access issues. No one talks about it. It doesn't make the news. It's just regular old. And you know, I, I talk about it all the time. I turn on intervention. I'll see intervention. A lot of these folks on intervention are talking about, oh man, I lost my kids. Dude, that was it. And it happens so much. It's just like, it's it's right in our face. We just have to be willing to address it and talk about it. And 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 but but here's the thing. I'm 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 fascinated because you've taken you've taken the hurt that's happened to you and you've decided to take other, throw your hand out and pick your and, and, and pick up pick up the person that's on the ground. And that's what I'm into. Like taking what you taking taking the hurt that happened to you, throwing your hand out, picking up the next man, dusting them off, and say, bro, let's get back out here on the field. Next play. Let's get let's make it happen. So yeah, that's a that's a big feeling. Um, Cause yeah, they find me, they're broke and they're desperate, and you know they're terrified. And but, so to be able to come alongside and help, and that is powerful. But this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted to ask. Uh, and I know you didn't want to too much get into it, but I just, I just, we, every time you address it, it felt like there's something we had to address. <laughs> so, um, how did you get through? Like, so you didn't get to see, like, what, what was the longest duration that you didn't get to see your son? Uh, well, that's right now. Uh, right now? So by the day, it's just getting longer and longer type deal. Yeah, I mean, when we were going through it, um, it was about a four-year process to go through it. And I added all that up. In the four years, I lost one total year, mm-hmm. you know, with, with different filings that would block my access for two months or three months or four right. months. But right now... Um, my case basically just settled um, this past summer, and that's when it ended with me just saying, you know, you win. I, I can't, we're not gonna, I'm not going to play anymore, so I'm dropping the rope, and you do what you need to do. So I talk to my son, you know, every day, and he's mad at me because his mom has convinced him I don't care, so that, you know, pisses me off pretty good. But, um, but uh, you know, I'm just holding out right now, um, basically for him to kind of turn his brain on a little bit. You know, I mean, he's 11, so, you know, maybe that's when he's 13, maybe it's when he gets his car, 15, and, right. you know, starts coming around dad's house and starts saying, hey, you know, what have you been doing? Right. And we can start having some talks. And just like everybody, I've got this four-foot-tall stack of paperwork for him to read to see what I actually did. You know, we I have a journal I keep for him that, you know, that he can read when he's older as well, but... Um, but it, it's a horrible, cruel, it's, it's cruelty, like, it's, it's unreal. I don't understand how anybody can maintain that hate. I just never will, will get it. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, 
it's, 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 it's hurtful because you're a human being. And, and I don't understand how the court could let it continuously go down. And I do understand uh, how because it's a business. But at the same yeah. time, like, man, we got to stop letting legal kidnappings happen to make dads come in for the pay the ransom money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if it's about the best interest of the children, how is it How is it your son's best interest for you to be so dragged out from trying to get what's yours that you helped create the state wasn't even around for? How is it his yeah. best interest for you to be so dragged out, so so done and so like worn out that you're like, all right, I got to step back for a minute. How is that his well, best you know, interest? I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the party they, attorney, you know, Kentucky went 50-50 default. And that's the only state that did it. And, and they've, we, they've run the graphs and the, and the reports and everything because then litigation fell through the floor. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to fight over. Yeah. Texas got really close this past legislative session. I went to Austin and testified. Um, and it was a total letdown because we went there to testify at the hospital 803 for default 50-50. And we got grilled by these uh, legislators that we come to find out are family law lawyers. Uh, so, you know, they were like, oh, well, this, 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 this isn't good for this poor child to be bounced back and forth. And, you know, we're all looking around like, what are you talking about, man? He gets equal access to his parents. How can you throw holes in this? It's because they're lawyers. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only way that the gig is going to change is when things default to 50 50. Uh, society has been brainwashed into, into what things like child support is. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. well, you need to support. Support your children. <laughs> this has nothing to do with kids. Man, what? Talk a little bit about Title Four. Do you know about it? I don't know about Title Four. This is a state moneymaker, <laughs> and that's all it is. It is legalized uh, ch- uh, child trafficking. Yeah, perpetuated man. by your government. Yeah, man. And no, and, and if you bring that up at the dinner table with strangers, they'll all look at you like you're insane because everybody has been told the child support so that you can support your children. <laughs> it does not cost two thousand dollars a month to raise a seven-year-old. Man, I swear, bro, yeah. I swear. And 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 let me tell you something else. Let me tell you something else. It is so sketchy that nobody knows. What the fuck Title Four is? It is so. No, that is some of the most sketchiest shit I have ever. And then we've had lawyers on this show, like actual lawyers, like real law degrees. And and I've and I've asked. Well, I've had Melissa Isaac on the podcast, bro. I asked her. I'm like, are they teaching this shit? She says, no. I'm like, what? And she's like, when they come to me, sometimes they're surprised that they're that that is even. Now I spoke with a child support agency because I have custody of my kids now. So I spoke with somebody in child support. Well, they're with me. I I, I see. Uh, I talked to someone, and I out of all the people I've been asking, I talked to the lady at the child support agency, and like I swear, I've been asking so many people. I can tell people don't know. I've asked the smartest people I know. They have no fucking clue what this is. So I ask her. She says. She says. She says. She says. This is what she says. She's like, Oh yeah, I'm. We're very familiar with it. So all we all we do is work with it. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's highly suspicious to me. You're the only, you know it, but all the other Americans I'm talking to have no clue anything about Title IV, Section D. No one, no one knows that it's well, a that, 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 that kind of universal to family law in, in generally is that you know, like in my case, we have one judge in town. I grew up here. I knew a lot of people, and so when I started sharing my story, the response from those that maybe didn't know me really good. 
was kind of skeptical because they were like, but he's a judge, and judges don't do crazy stuff like that. And it's like, they, you don't even understand. Until you get into this circus, I mean, it, it, it's insanity that happens. And, you know, and, and so you talk about lack of knowledge about what child support is. It's lack of knowledge about even how the game works. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many biases. Well, you know, what would everybody say? Mom gets the kids and dad pays support. That's why women get 92% cost. Yeah, and that's why 90% of our prison population comes from single mother homes. And that's why that, too. You know what I mean? You know, I got a buddy in I got a buddy in Houston that's a big uh, equal shared parenting advocate, and he was he he did a bunch of homework and pulled the police calls um, over a year's period of time and ran statistics on um, any sort of like suicide call or yeah, my, my teenagers out yeah, of control yeah. or anything related to children. Yeah. And the only two times that the numbers dropped dramatically was the month of July. When there was dad, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then uh, the other one was the Monday following every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, the, the call spike as these kids are away from their other parents, and, and you know it, it, it's, it's it's a racket, man. It's no, a racket. And, and no, it, and it is because and so many people are upset about uh they're they want to fix. Okay, they want to fix. Uh, they want to fix fatherlessness. Okay, well, if you want to fix fatherlessness, then let's give this man fifty percent of what's his. Let's go ahead and initially make it so that as soon as his child is born, he has fifty percent access to his child. If he's not a good parent, then maybe he could be pulled into court. And the same way, right now, he has to go into court just to say, "Hey, I'm a dad." Then let's pull it. Let's make it so to. In order for him to not be a dad, you have to pull him into court and say why he's not, with evidence, proof, and a lawyer. Other than that... Well, but CJP, they're smarter than this. This is why these people are elected, because yeah. they're smarter than you and I. Yeah. So what they do, it's too easy to say, let's just default to 50-50, because in the state of Texas, the AG's office would lose $4 billion in matching funds. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to enforce harder on support and force him to engage with his child by ratcheting up his child support and sending cops to his door to kick the door in. That's how we fix it. Yep. And And and, it's mind-boggling. And again, and again, you can tell how the game is going to be played and how how ball will be played by, okay, well, I don't know the the statistics in your state, but I say this all the time on mine. There's 32 prisons in Michigan. 30 of those are for men. One of those is a boot camp. The other one is for women. Those are real facts. <laughs> so out of 40,000 bed, 40 plus thousand beds, 2,400 of those are for women. That's 6%. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I have the, the big thing in my little town. I, uh, we just got our first uh, domestic violence shelter. And I went to the presentation and I said, where are you putting the men? The, the domestic violence victims are men. Right. They all looked at me like they looked at me like I was growing a third eyeball. No. So I said, "Wait a minute, you guys aren't aware that almost forty percent of domestic violence victims are men?" Yeah, I had no idea, did you? It's a twenty percent swap. <laughs> it's a twenty percent difference. I can see so, if it was. Uh, well, I, so you know, I kind of walked out of the room after saying, "So let me get this right. If I show up with my three kids." With my crazy ex throwing things and beating me, y'all are gonna turn me away 
because I'm the wrong gender. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's 60-40 and reported. You know, I understand oh, there's, a, there's a ton yeah. of unreported going both ways now, but I would be way, way more willing to bet. I mean, domestic violence is still extremely normal on TV towards men. You see a woman slap, slap the uh -huh. shit out of a man right on TV, and no one yeah. blinks, no one says nothing, no one's upset. Folks will even laugh like, oh, and uh -huh. no one's bothered, no one's nothing. It's just like, show goes on. So, like, that's that's on TV regularly. So, it's like, that's normal. So, uh, uh, at the same time, it's, it's, it's if it's wrong, if it's wrong, if we, equality is all, is all we're preaching. And again, I want to reiterate, no, I, this isn't, this isn't to, this is strictly about equality. We're upset not because we think this is that or not. We just want equality. We want to be treated fair. Ben wants to be a father to his child. He, what makes him any less human than the mother of his child? And it's not even her fault. Because it's, no, 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 go ahead. I was saying it's, it's not even necessarily the mom's, all the mothers in the world's, it's not, we're not blaming them. We're saying we have a systematic problem here that nobody knows about. And it, it trends this way to make money because it's a money grabber. And that's it. It is, it is a big money maker. Um, you know, again, with two sons, I teach my kids all the time. In our current state of affairs in this country, men are portrayed almost across all media as basically being Homer Simpson. We're fat, bald, we don't know how to do anything, we're drunk, we're, you know, mom makes all the real decisions because dad's an overgrown toddler. Right. And that, that has been perpetuated for the past, you know, three decades, basically. Right. Family law is honestly the last bastion of absolute implicit inequality. And no one gives a shit. Nobody. Because they still think it. Because, well, really, you don't even fucking know about it unless... Uh, you're involved, you know what I mean? Unless you're involved in it. And uh, we've had a lot of dads on this podcast come on here and say, Hey man, this family court stuff didn't even come on my radar till, till my number was called. And I, and me too. I, I knew about it. You know, I knew they were playing games. I didn't know what game was being played. I knew, I knew it was something to try to put a Jersey number on you to some degree, but I wasn't sure what their game was and I didn't trust it. Like my, my spider senses tingled when I thought about it because I was like, I, especially when I was like, oh, I got a baby coming, something weird. I don't trust, I don't trust the state more than I don't trust the person. I don't trust the state. You know what? I, I didn't yeah. trust them from the I start. Mean, but I didn't a lot know. of guys, you know, everybody's got a buddy who, you know, goes through the divorce from hell, yeah. and they kind of try to support them and walk them through it. But what happens, I think, is most guys, they think to themselves, that'll never happen to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, poor Billy, he got really screwed by that bitch ex-wife of his, but that won't happen to me. Right. And then, unfortunately, then they get called up to the plate. And they get flipped upside down, and then they got screwed, too. And then, right. you know, now we have two new soldiers in the Army. But, <laughs> right. you know, but now we're on, the, we're on the wrong side of trying to fix it. Right. Because, I mean, the lack of constitutional process in family law is absolutely staggering. You know, in my case, my thing was that my ex called me a drunk. I'm a lousy, crazy, drunken maniac. Now, right. in four years, not one person with a heartbeat was ever put on a stand that said, yeah, I see Ben sometimes. He's a lousy, crazy drunk. So I was left to prove something that wasn't happening. Right. Good luck doing that. Right. I mean, I, I was left going to doctors and was like, will you do an assessment of me? And the doctor would go like, well, you look pretty healthy and normal and you run a little business and you got a lot of friends and 
Because you said someone accusing you of being a loud, crazy drunk is what is, is kind of what like you spent the time like proving wrong that you're not this some accusation. So and then I walk into family court and eight, I, I, I walk in and I got a warrant. You know what I'm saying? I got this. This person has a warrant for talking about killing my kids. You know what I mean? And. Uh-huh. Literally to this day, like this person is is the, the the state has never addressed this person talking about killing my kids regularly. You know what I mean? Not to a criminal degree, level. So it's like, why are you being? It's not to. I, I mean, it is what it is. But I'm just saying, like, well, why if it if it's if I know for a fact I'm looking right at it. Not to mention all the stories I've been hearing from the dads. Why in the holy smoke? Are you being put? Why do you have to spend all this time, money, energy, effort? You didn't, you didn't threaten anyone any harm. You were falsely accused of some crazy thing that anyone could have had said. She could have had said you were a fat. You drove like a maniac and never did. You only did. You didn't. You never drove your car anything over than above eighty. Like who would have known? That's just a random statement. Like what proof do you have? You know what I mean? Why should you go in here fighting? I have two t-shirts that I've had printed, and they both say, you will find exactly what you seek. And I learned that lesson in family law, because what I learned is that if I got to know JP a little bit, I could find a way to twist your behavior, your actions, and the things that you say into turning you into a complete psycho. Oh, yeah. And I could put on on a case in court, and I could say, well, you know, JP... You know, got real pissed off and kicked the dog the other day. Obviously, he has anger problems. Right. So, I can turn you into anything I want to turn you into. But that's what people don't understand is that, you know, my friends would look at me and they would say, but you're not a lousy, crazy junk. And so, there's got to be something that you're not telling them. And it's like, I hope your number doesn't get called because your ex is going to say, you know, you, you pop too many Xanax to sleep. You're going to be a drug addict. Right. Good luck getting out of that because, you know, I mean, you're not going to be able to beat the rat. So, right. you, know, the, the, you know, the 14th Amendment provides for due process. And the Supreme Court has found over and over and over and over again that family law is not even allowed to take jurisdiction over you or your children without finding you unfit via complete due process. They keep spitting out these rulings, and nobody gives a shit. And they crazy, they got to fucking prove. They got to prove you're a bad person before they even have jurisdiction. That's crazy. over Granville and a whole bunch of others have routinely come back that the contract between you and your wife is one that yes, it's being breached and broken. But it does not sever your free access to your children without state interest. Common state law, huh? Have, state has to have interest um, only by proving you unfit. And no, it's not really common law. But I've seen a bunch of that stuff. This is this is in the books. This is I mean, it's in the books. Right. <laughs> you know, they can't even get in the way of it. And then. You know, the thing about it is I teach my guys that to bring it up in court. But you know what the judge thinks when you tell him that? He throws his gavel at you. 
and said, you're not going to tell me how to do my job. You know, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. But that's the thing. We always have to keep in mind these are elected officials. And sometimes, most of the time, all of the time, elected officials work for civilians. Elected officials are under the the, the elected. That means... Let me wrap up my story, JP, because that's kind of, that point you're bringing up is one of my favorite parts of my story that you just want to facepalm over it. So <laughs> I mentioned I have, one, I have one judge in town. He would have been on the bench for 18 years. Uh-huh. He's a little crotchety old guy, had no children, uh, and was absolutely off his rocker and was doing insane things. So I, my main job, actually, is I run three local magazines here in town. Oh, I leverage all of my media to getting him off the bench because we were up on a re-election with a new person who was fantastic as a human being and a judge. Genius. Okay, so this is where where you just go like, ah, man, come on. So my friend, the new judge, wins the election. We're going to get a new judge. I have four months uh, before the new judge takes uh, takes the bench. So my ex just like backed a dump truck up to the courthouse and she hit me with everything you could possibly hit me with because now my judge not only one hated me because I just cost him his job and number two, he didn't have anybody to answer to. I got four months. I don't get a damn what I do to you. So he beat the crap out of me. So then my new judge, my friend, like the she's really great person, she takes the bench and my ex moves uh, not far, just down the way. But I find out a year later, she moved one block into the next county, so I lose the good judge. Uh... <laughs> so whatever, whatever thoughts I had about, like, you know, maybe the new judge will be reasonable and can help me fix things just flew out the window, because then I was thrown into Bear County, which is, you know, two and a half million people, and... I was like, oh my God, you're so smart. I can't even stay in front of your crazy. <laughs> nah, man, no. Nah. And, 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 and here's the thing. And you know, all right, so, you know, you've, you've, this person has put you in a situation where you didn't just, all right, you put me in this box. Now I'm going to sit here. They put you in a box, Ben, and you've been doing push-ups. You've been doing jumping jacks. You've been doing sit-ups. You've been shadow boxing. Like, you are literally a legit warrior at this point. So it's like, when I hear you say you stepped out of court, that's cool. But you also said you have under 200 motions under your belt. And 900 orders. So I know, or 90 orders. So I know for a fact, like, you just step back for a second so you can reassess the defense. But you're getting ready to come up here and call another player. Play. Because I, 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 I understand that, man, you may very well possibly not be in this to win a game. You're trying to win a championship. And that's powerful to me. And I know this happened yeah. and it was terrible. But, man, I'm grateful that you are become such a leader and such a fighter for the cause. Because I know someone this second who needs you. Sean needs you. Like this moment. When, when we finish this podcast, I'm sending the link over to Sean directly. Because I know someone in the San Antonio area who literally needs you. Not, yeah. not, not yeah. even today, but yesterday. Let me speak to that. I, I take people all, I mean, it's not San Antonio, I do all throughout Texas. Um, I mean, Texas law, Texas law, so I got clients in El Paso to Houston. So, uh, so yes, yeah, as to that, if anybody does want to find me, it's prosaycoachtx.com. Um, and there's a form on there you fill out, and then we'll set up some time to just chat. Um, but, you know, I appreciate your encouragement. I don't know how my story ends. I 
told my girlfriend just last night, I said, it's like every single day I wake up and somebody puts just one more spoonful of sand into my backpack, making it just a little heavier. And I can't carry it forever, so I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, gotta, I have to do something. I think in my brain I've been telling myself that right now I need to get stronger and I need to just get healthier and get just mentally over all of that before I can deal with it myself. You know, I can deal with JP tape all day. You'll yep. be stressing out and yep. freaking out and, and I'm going to be cool as a cucumber. Yep. But when it's mine, I freak out too. You know? But look, and so that's what we got each other very, for. Very, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it really is because you have so little control and some guy who doesn't even know your kid's name is now in complete control of your children. And God designed all of us with the DNA in our chromosomes that we will die for children, mm -hmm. our children. Mm -hmm. And and then we're put into a situation where, you know, I mean, it's really heavy. I've told that to people before. It's like everybody says I will die for my kids yeah. until you until you really have to make that choice yeah. over yeah. a over a temporary situation. Because yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. they, they might go jump off the water tower. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I might do that. And so, do I die for for my son? Yeah. Knowing that, you know, he's 11, I got, what, seven years. And then the whole situation's over. You know what I mean? Anyway, it, it's, it's a thing, man. And it's real. And it's and it's very, very difficult. And not many people have the, the stones to really get vocal about that. And I try, but, you know, I'm but one boy. So I appreciate you yeah. doing stuff like this and doing what you can Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And what you have to do is every single day when God put, tells you wake up and go fight, go help someone else, then, man, just keep doing it. And I understand if the enemy says, hey, man, uh, you can't put any more weight on the bar. You look at the enemy straight in his eyes and let him know, hey, hey, I, I serve I serve, I serve, serve who I serve. You know who I serve because you know where I came from because you've been there and you can't come back. But, 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 but. What's what's hanging from my neck, you know what I mean, or what may be tattooed on my arm, you know, is something something you you is is something you can't really represent. You know, you know, I got the blood of Jesus on me now. You know what I mean. So it's like do do what you do. But when he hears you, when he hears you praising and telling God he's still good, even on the bad days when you can't see his son, and when even and when he when he and, and you don't even have to tell him, you don't even have to be verbally praising. But when you take to listen to someone else's story and you talking to someone else and you telling them to keep keep their shit together and when you're telling them look man you're not cashing it in you can't you taking two days off and you coming back monday when you do them type yeah. of things bro you answering you answering you answering the call and that's all he wants you yeah. to do is do what he said do you it, know, the emotional the emotional part of that and, and i know we've talked about it is, you know i went through my period of being really 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 pissed off at god for this mm -hmm. um one I think that helps me, and I think it helps some other people, is that, you know, the, the anger and the rage inside of you gets so intense, not necessarily at God, but at your ex, at judges, at Lord. And the only thing I tell myself, kind of with a deep breath and just the moment of calm, is, you know what, I have truth, and I've repeated my truth. If that's not good enough, then these other people, whether it's my ex, lawyers, judges, whatever, they will answer for this, whether it's in this lifetime or the yeah, next. Or the next. But I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to let that rage and hatred eat me alive. Yeah. I don't have to answer for a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you can kind of put down a little bit of that weight and just 
say, you know, this is my lot in life right now, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful to be upright and breathing, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to sit on that for now, and, and maybe something changes. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we got to go through some area. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What? How he didn't say way. We got to go through it, though. Through it. Through it. Through yeah. it. We got to go through it. Spend our little time and get through it. You know? Through well, you, you know, you're going to learn. You, any of you guys that are listening that are going through this or about to go through it, you know, you also are going to learn really, really fast what's important to you. Oh, man. Because your cool house and your cool car and your cool fat bank account, it don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to find that you give all of it up for simply the freedom to get away from this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you end up in a one-bedroom efficiency, but you got good access to your kids. You know, and you're, you can see a path upward and out of this. Mm-hmm. You're happy and you're surrounded by good people. You cash it all in in a heart. Mm-hmm. Hey, and hey, man. Okay. That, that's a hard lesson to learn, but you learn very quickly what matters and what does not and what is not. It's kind of like if you get cancer, you didn't appreciate all the days that you were healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's kind of the same deal is that, you know, when, when, when all of a sudden the guy, uh, uh, you know, bald-headed 90-year-old guy as your judge starts stripping you of your life and your mm-hmm. freedoms and your children, yeah. you're going to wish you were much more thankful for them the previous day. And no, I think that's I think that's wise. Uh, and that actually brings me to a couple of uh, quick concluding questions here. What would you say to a father who, uh, who's being alienated from a child right now at this moment? What would your advice be to him? Oh, uh, well, hell, I mean, you know, whatever I tell myself every day, which is, you know, keep your chin up, you're worth it, your life matters, um, you know, again, you, you have truth, and you can't undo the truth, mm-hmm. you know, your ex can manipulate things and change what you say or did or meant or whatever, but you know what, when you're dying at the pearly gates, you don't have to answer for anything, because you gave your absolute best, mm-hmm. I think you got to you know, don't give up on contact and other things like that and just become a ghost and, you know, I mean, send the cards and the presents and, um, you know, I text my son constantly. I get a response one out of every 50, but he knows I'm thinking about him. Um, I, I, I'm not even allowed to go to school. So I took butcher paper, a huge roll of butcher paper, and I put it along the side of my truck. And I took spray paint and spray painted on the butcher paper, and it just says, I love you and miss you, Dad. And I taped that to the side of my truck and parked outside of his house. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else am I going to do? No, you know? man. I mean, that's, no, that's, that's powerful, that. man. That's powerful stuff, man. You just want to be a dad. And, and, yeah. and it hurts that you can't because what have you done wrong in this world of society that says you can't be a dad and you deserve to be a yeah. dad. I know God's going to give it to you because you already said the, you already said what I what I you already said it. So I know your battles one. It's just about what are you supposed to learn while you're while 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 in this test? You know, what else is it? Then you're maybe maybe you got called. Maybe well, I got called. Maybe why the next man got called. We might be part of why this, why your sons don't get called, or why my son won't get called. Because we might be able to do something to change this if we get it out there and talk about it now. But what would you say to a mother uh, alienating a child from her father, from their father, right now? That, that is alienating. Yep, that's alienating. What would you say to a mother alienating a child from a father? You are hurting your child a thousand times worse than you are hurting your ex. And love your child more than you hate your ex. Mm -hmm. I don't care if he cheated on you a hundred times, whatever he did, 
terrible sin. Love your kid more than you hate him, and you're going to make better decisions. You know, I mean, that's really all there is to it. You have to set down the, the, the bitter and say, you know, I hate that guy, but this isn't about me. You know, this, this six-year-old boy idolizes him, and he needs because I can't be his dad. The only guy I want. So, y'all go camping and do your thing. And then, and then lastly, and then lastly, uh, if you could leave uh, some words for your son, what would you say to him uh, to conclude this podcast? What words would you leave him if he could hear this in five years? Uh, six years? Um, that I love him eternally, that I didn't give up on him, that I fought harder than I even knew how to fight, and I'm always here. All he has to do is, you know, reach out. And then I'll be there in two seconds. Mm-hmm. No, man, I think that's powerful stuff, man. And, 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 and I believe, just like I really said, I really do believe it. I think God's going to show you exactly what happens when you stay persistent. And you didn't quit. You didn't quit anything. You're still dealing with court all the time, you told us. And yeah. Dad's out there listening to Ben. Listen, Ben is just a regular human being, just like me and you, and he can't see his children. So if you know a dad out there hurting, can't see his children, take this, copy this. If you know a dad out there in Texas, I'm going to send this directly to the dad I know in Texas who's in this er- in the area of Ben. Because you know why? I know Sean needs to hear Ben's voice. I know Sean needs to talk to Ben. I know, I know Sean needs to... Uh, I know Sean needs to, I know Sean, I know for 100% fact Sean needs Ben. Not, not today, but yesterday and last week and last month. He needs Sean, yeah. but he needs you know, Ben. I mean, a couple of things, and in this specific context, is just a bit of a plug, but just for resources, that if you go on Facebook and just type in Pro Se Coach Texas, we actually have a private Facebook group, and it's not about, you know, me getting clients. It's about people just asking very specific uh, law questions. What should I do in this situation? Can you guys review my paperwork for me? You know, this is the letter I just got from opposing counsel. What should I say? And so it's a, it's a, I think there's 600 members in there right now that it's just a bunch of guys in Texas that are just helping one another. I come in at like the one-to-one coaching level of, you know, you want me to walk through this with you and help you ride and help you, you know, get very specific and, and you know, we're going to hold hands. And so that's a totally different deal that I do. Um, but you can find all that at prosecoachtx.com. But the group is really fun and it's extremely helpful for people that, you know, really are in it and, and are trying to find their way through it, just like I did. Because I didn't have any help like this. I Google searched the hell out of the whole country. I can't find anybody doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't have even known where to go for help because I, I wasn't going to go drop $4,000 retainers all day on lawyers. You know, I can tell you I'm doing a good job. And the reason why I know I am is because the state bar sued me in about three weeks of starting this. Of saying, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, they were all over me instantly about we think you're breaking the law because you can't practice law if you're not a lawyer, right? Well, they didn't know I had a you know 14-page contract that says I'm not a lawyer and I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm telling you what I would do, and then if that's what you want to do too, I'll help you. But you're in complete control, um, and we're gonna we we're, you know we're gonna we're gonna make some noise from within the system. But I, I mean, I wish I would have said I'm doing this at 25. I, I, I mean. This gets me up in the morning. It really does. I mean, yeah. job is a job is a job. This stuff, man, I live, eat, breathe it. I'm texting guys at 3 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. I listen to them cry. 
Hey, yeah, and I'm you know, I'm talking off the cliff before this, the hearing, and they're freaking out. This and, never would have you know, happened if this lady didn't steal your son. <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying? Uh, like, I, and, and, and I get really bitter about that because I hear that a lot. But like, well, isn't a good thing that you can take that knowledge and do something good with it? Let me tell you, I wish I didn't know any of this shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I it's get horrible. it. But you save so many people, and you're gonna, and at the end, like, in the long run, in the marathon, and you're gonna win the marathon, and all along, while this other person was sprinting, and you're like, fuck, you're looking up the street, they're sprinting, they're gone, but you're jogging, and you've helped all these people, when you're at the finish line, you're gonna be at the finish line with like, 2,000 2,500, 3,500 people at the finish line, all at each other's coolers, while this person is still way, way back in the back because they sprinted and gassed out, and you're going to have all the energy in the world because God's going to give all this back, all the pain, all the hurt, going to give it all back. And all of that is true, and that really, that is the only thing that makes this tolerable is just to be able to high-five guys when they come through and say you did great and things are looking good and we're going to get through this, and, you know, I, I do get... Are jealous of them because I didn't have someone like me to help me. I just had Google, right. <laughs> and you know, and I learned a lot of bad lessons, and I did a lot of things in the wrong way, and I got beat up and made fun of by all the lawyers and the judges. But I learned, and so you know, I got a really fast law degree in four years, basically. But right. um, but anyway, it's been yeah. But anybody reach out. I mean, I, you know, I just I like to hear stories, even if I can't help you, I can at least point you in the right direction. And, you know, share something that might help move you forward and join our group And if you're in Texas. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can find some knowledge in there as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. I definitely appreciate you uh, giving all the info and taking some time out and talking to us today. Uh, again, any dads out there that know uh, that that are know some dads that are hurting or if you're hurting, take this link, man. Listen to this podcast again if you're hurting yourself. Take this link and give it to a dad you know hurting. Uh, just copy it, copy the link right on the page, send it right to them, text it to them. You can uh, sh- to share it in a group, do something, to share it as a comment, do something to try to get it out to some dads. That's our part. That's the only support this podcast needs, anyone out there listening. Um, and the reason why is because we want dads to know they're not alone. And when this happens to you, you don't have to shut down. You can... You can shut down, step away, and still be very, very, very active. So I appreciate all your time, all your energy, everything you do, Ben. Man, don't ever get discouraged. Remember, you are the head, bro, not the tail. Um, the story's been writ. The battle is already won. You just got to get through it. Um, Pharaoh is eventually going to have to let our people go because it's written. Um, and, yeah, man, I'm extremely I'm extremely proud of you. Uh, being a dad is your God-given right, so don't you ever forget that, man, because it really is, and you're going to go back and get what's yours keep educating people bro keep bringing dads into your training camp and getting them ready for this fight that we both know is a real fight and man thank you so much man i'm feeding off you so thank you thank you so much for the time i absolutely appreciate it my man all right talk to you soon see you bud